great to see y'all today. Thank y'all so very much for being here. Uh, we've come today to celebrate the absolute most amazing time of the year, and that is certainly the, the birth of Christ. I've often, oftentimes I've gone back and forth in my head, which is the most important, his birth or his death? I still go back and forth. I, I think they're equally important. Without one, the other would have virtually been in vain. And uh, I'm so thankful he came. I'm so thankful for the privilege and the opportunity to know him today. Not just at Christmas time, but all throughout the year to live every day knowing that I have an amazing relationship with Jesus. It's a wonderful thing. We welcome all of you again. We welcome you today. Thank you so much for being here. Those joining us on, joining us on live, live stream, Facebook Live, we're thankful to have you with us today as well, and it's going to be a great time of celebration. We would like for our uh, first group, I believe our Grace Kids, to come, come right on up, if you would, and take your place. Just two. So there we go. While they're coming and getting set up, let me just remind you of what's coming up in the next few days here at Grace Church. We'd like to remind you, especially today, that we will be receiving our uh, Christmas for Christ offering. If you have something to give uh, to help our church planters across our country to build churches, uh, to preach the gospel around our country, you, you're welcome to go to our website and give there, or we have a, a donation box in the back of the building. You're welcome to just put your, uh, your gift in. Uh, that little box as you're exiting the building this morning. So remember that. Also would like to remind you that there will be uh, prayer this coming Tuesday morning here in the sanctuary at 10 o'clock. Uh, remember that announcement. And then everybody listen carefully. It's a very important announcement. Next Sunday, uh, we will be having one service at 10 o'clock here in the sanctuary. We will not have Sunday school. It will be one service in, in this room in the sanctuary at 10 o'clock next Sunday. So remember that announcement. Are you excited about today? Thank the Lord. Let's give the Lord some praise. Let's give him some worship as our kids come. Welcome to a retelling of a very special Christmas story. With the help of my friend, the star, I am going to guide you through a story of Jesus' birth so you can see what it was like in the stable on the night our Savior was born. Today you'll see sh animals, shepherds, angels, magis, and even Jesus' earthly family and how they all responded to his birth. Great. Now that you know all the roles you'll see, let me introduce you to a special character in our story. She's been known to sparkle and shine, and while Jesus is the very special star of this story, she is a star we'll all surely remember. Let's clap our hands for the star. to see him. I'm not ready to sign just yet, but 
I'm not ready to sign just yet, but I promise you'll see me later again in the story. When it's your time, when it's time, when it is your time to travel to see Jesus, our storytellers will let you know it's time to follow the star to, to call me. You just breathe the poem that's included in your gift box when the storytellers tell you to. Let's try it all together now. Starlight, star bright, the brightest star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might find our newborn king tonight. Very good, everyone. I'll see you all later. Wonderful. Now that we've met our guide, the star, the star, we can begin our story. So sit back, relax, and get ready to follow the star. A long time ago, in a land called Galilee, in a town called Nazareth, there lived a young lady named Mary. Mary was kind and gentle, so God sent an angel to her and told her that she would be the mother of his son. But the angel told her not to be afraid. He told her that the child would be holy and his kingdom would never end. Mary knew then that God would watch over her and keep her safe. Several months later, Caesar declared that everyone in the land must be counted in census. In order to be counted, everyone had to journey to the place their ancestors called home. So Mary and her husband Joseph traveled from their home in Nazareth many miles away to a town called Bethlehem. The journey was long and difficult, especially for Mary, who was due to give birth very soon. Mary needed a rest, so Mary needed a rest, so Joseph looked for an inn that they could stay in while they're in town. But there was so many travelers in town for the census that all the inns were full. There's no room in the inn. One of the innkeepers took pity on Mary and Joseph and told them they could sleep in the stable out back. So Joseph took Mary's hand and the two of them went to the stable to settle in for the night. That very night in the humble stable under a sky full of stars, Mary gave birth to a baby that the angel had told her about. They named him Jesus. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and held him close. She and Joseph praised God for the gift he had given them. And up above in the sky, in the night sky, a bright star suddenly appeared, signaling that the Messiah had been born. And though the night was calm and quiet, many of the God's creatures, great and small, were beginning to see the star and wanted to have their chance to kneel before the newborn king. Even in the very stable where Jesus was born, the cows, camels, donkeys, sheep, and horses knew that something special had happened. They wanted to honor Emmanuel, God with us. Now it's time for our barnyard animals to follow the star. Everyone ready? Then let's call the star. Starlight, star bright, the brightest star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might, find our newborn king tonight. I hear you, I hear you, barnyard animals, and I am coming to guide you.
Now the star is going to the animals to show them the way to baby Jesus. Animals, wait for her to guide you and make sure you bring your gifts to the newborn king. What had once been a calm and quiet night had turned into a night of surprise and wonder for the, wonder for the animals in the stable. They felt honored to be in the presence of baby Jesus. And though they didn't have much to give, they knelt down before him and offered their gifts. But the animals weren't the only ones with surprises in store. In a field outside of Bethlehem, some shepherds stood out in the cold night air, tending to their sheep. Suddenly, in the sky above them, an angel appeared and told them that the Savior had been born in the city of David. What exciting news! The shepherds were overjoyed to hear that the Messiah had finally come. And as they celebrated the good tidings, the entire chorus of angels appeared in the sky, praising God and offering peace to all those who loved and worshipped God. The shepherds wanted to see the Savior themselves, so they could honor him, but they didn't know how to find him. So, so once, once more, they looked up into the sky, and this time they saw a star that was brighter <laughs> than all the rest. They knew that the star would lead them where they needed to go. Now it's time for our shepherds to follow the star. Shepherds, please get ready, and let's call the star. Starlight, star bright, the brightest star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might find our newborn king tonight. I hear you, I hear you, shepherds, and I am coming to guide you. The star will now fly around to each of the shepherds to show them the way to baby Jesus. Wait for her to guide you and make sure to bring your gifts to the, give to the newborn king. When the shepherds arrived at the stable, they were greeted with the most wonderful sight. Baby Jesus, and though they didn't have much to give, they knelt down and offered their gifts of honor and faithfulness. But the shepherds weren't alone in their excitement over the newborn king. In the east, faraway kingdoms, wise men looked up in the sky, hoping for news that the Messiah would come someday come to save mankind. The wise men or magi were shocked when the night suddenly saw a star unlike any other they had seen before. Surely this meant the time had come. Surely this meant the Messiah was here. So they packed up their belongings as well as special gifts for the Savior, and they got ready to embark on their journey. Their journey from the east would be long and difficult, spanning weeks and months, but they knew the, that the special star would guide them and deliver them safely to the Messiah they all, the world had been waiting for. It's now time for our Magi to follow the star. Magi, let's call the star. Starlight. Star bright, the brightest star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might find our newborn king tonight. I hear you, I hear you, Magi, and I am coming to guide you. It was quite some time before the Magi arrived to, the, to meet baby Jesus. But when they did, they knelt down and offered the gifts that they had brought. Gold, frankincense, and mirth. The world had finally received the promise they were waiting for, the birth of Savior, Jesus Emmanuel, God with us, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. They journeyed from near and far to witness this miracle and offer this humble gift to the newborn king. But wait! What is it, Star? Other, all the other creatures have given 
baby Jesus gives, but what do I have to give? You see, Star, you gave the greatest gift of all. And what is that? You let your light shine before men that they may see the good works of, and glories of Jesus, which is in heaven. Well, I guess you're right. And just like me, you can shine not just to guide travelers, but you can shine your light down uh, on every single day of the year. Thank you to all, of, all for joining us inside the story of Jesus' birth. Don't forget the amazing story you heard today. And remember to shine your lights wherever you go. Merry, Merry Christmas. Well, folks, wasn't that amazing? Let's give them another hand. That was amazing. Great job. Great job. Amen. While they were uh, making that presentation, uh, I remembered actually this past week, I read the entire Christmas account from the Bible uh, in Matthew and also in the book of Luke. It occurred to me how many people got involved in this story. Uh, it occurred to me again reading those two accounts that um, as we just saw, God involved space by using a star. He involved the angels. Uh, he went to the home of Mary. He went to the home of Joseph. He went to the temple to visit Zacharias. He also visited Anna. Um, he went to Herod. He went to the palace of Herod. He didn't exclude anybody is the point. Uh, the wise men came from the east. You had Jews, Gentiles, kings. Shepherds represented the poorer element of that time. It didn't matter. Uh, everybody was included in the birth of Jesus. He even, even included animals. He included angels. He made all of his creation a tremendous part of this incredible story. And I don't know about you, but I am so thankful. I'm incredibly thankful that he came, and he came to save the entire world, not just a handful of people. He came to save everybody, and that includes you and I today. We're still a part of that plan, and he had us in his mind when he was making all of these plans just to make sure we knew who he was and what he was about. I would really appreciate, and I'm sure God would, if we would continue in our worship, continue in our celebration today as our praise team comes.
joyful, come praising. Jesus is born in Bethlehem.
Speak. 
give God some worship this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a moment. What an environment to give God praise. The Bible says the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's the presence of God that's in this place right now. And I think all over the building we should just give God some a hand clap of praise, some worship. Hallelujah. His presence is here. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the reality of the moving of your presence, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a moment. What a powerful, powerful presence of God is in this place this morning. You know, our theme this today is Jesus, the hope of the world. And I want you to know you're in a place today where there is tremendous hope. You have tremendous hope today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because Jesus Christ was born. Because God wrapped his, himself in flesh and dwelt among us. And that presence of God is here today. And that's what you're experiencing today. And before you leave, you can have hope today. Praise God. That's the message that we've come to proclaim. Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. Clap your hands one more time to Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, along with Pastor, I just want to welcome everybody here to the Grace Church Christmas service. Uh, have you enjoyed the presence of God so far? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And um, our, our children's ministry, didn't they do a tremendous job of presenting the Christmas story today. And then, of course, our praise team always does such a tremendous job, uh, an excellent job of leading us into a place where we can worship Jesus and experience his presence like it is truly meant to be experienced. And uh, I do have to say, how about Avery Bunch on that violin this morning? Now, Avery is my niece. You, some of you may know that. Some of you may not. Avery is my niece. And so I am one proud uncle this morning. Can't imagine how her mother and father feel. But that violin just elevated that song to a whole new level. And I'm hoping to hear some more from her soon. What I do know is that taking in the, the children's presentation this morning, uh, looking at the, the students that participated and seeing Avery, what, what impresses me and what I'm excited about is to know that we have a lot of talented kids and young people that have given their talents to God, and I just believe that the future is very bright for the kingdom of God and for Grace Church in the hands of these students and kids. They, are, they love Jesus, and they want to use their talents for Him. Amen. Amen. And on behalf of Grace Church, the ministry team, Pastor and Sister Murphy, do want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, uh, and I hope that all of the returns of the season come your way, and that you just have a great time celebrating with friends and family the message that Jesus Christ is born. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Let's turn to the Word of God, and uh, we'll see what God has for us in His Word today. I know you've been standing a long time, and I'll let you be seated shortly. Just a couple of verses of Scripture. 
and then I'll let you be seated. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're going to read verses 8 through 14 and uh, read a portion of the Christmas story here this morning. Verse 8, there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. I'd like to use this scripture setting this morning to speak for just a few moments from this idea. All I want for Christmas is Christmas. Amen. God bless you today, and you may be seated. All I want for Christmas is Christmas. Now, when I look back over the first 20 years or so of my life, the thing that stands out the most to me in my memory is that I played a lot of basketball. Now, I don't mean professionally. I understand I don't want to mislead anyone. I know that looking at me and hearing me say basketball, you might think I meant professional basketball, but I'm not a professional basketball player. But I played a lot of basketball. I don't know when I, um, I first picked up a basketball as a child. I don't have a memory of that moment. But whenever it was, from that day on, I was hooked. And, um, and I, I, as I transitioned into my teenage years, all I wanted to do was play basketball. If I was at school, I was waiting for dismissal so I could go home and play ball. I played basketball in the dark. I played basketball in the rain. I played basketball outside. I played basketball inside. I played basketball by myself. I played basketball with my friends. If I wasn't playing basketball, I was thinking about playing basketball. It was all I wanted to do. And I remember as a kid, now I'll, I'll give, give my age here, I guess, but it was, would have been the early to mid-80s. As a kid, I saw a toy that if I could just have this toy, this gift, it would solidify my, my you know, my basketball, not just my skills, but just the fact that I was an aficionado, you know, that, that I was for real. I was the real deal basketball player. If I could have this gift, this, this toy, all of my dreams would come true. So, I put it on my wish list, got that over to my parents. Sorry, spoiler alert there, it wasn't Santa. And asked for this gift that year for Christmas, and this is what it was. The Super Touch Super Basketball Player. Now, you can have your Xbox. You can have your PS287 or whatever number they're up to now. This was all analog. 
And it is exactly what you see. You put the ball in his hand. You hit him on the head. And he projects that thing in the direction of the basketball goal. And about one time out of every 20, you come kind of close to ringing a basket. That's it. That's all there is to that toy. And, you know, looking back now with all the technology, all the stuff we have, it seems pretty simple. But I'm telling you, I wanted super touch, super basketball player. I dreamed about it. I thought about it. I had it on my list. And I hoped that it would be under the tree on Christmas Day. And I'm happy to tell you today, my parents came through for me. I received super touch, super basketball player for Christmas, probably 1985. And I was one happy basketball player because I could bang this guy on the head and he could lob that ball in the direction of the goal. Hours of fun, right? Yeah, right. But it was all I wanted. It was my desire. And I'm not so sure upon taking possession of this singular gift, I'm not so sure that all of my wildest dreams came true exactly like I thought they would. But I did possess and own a super touch, super basketball player. All I want for Christmas. That's a tremendously loaded statement, isn't it? There's so much regarding human nature packed into the statement, all I want. We start with the word want. That's just a, a human characteristic. We want. There's things that we want. And it seems like that the more we want, the more we get. We want more, and we're just never quite satisfied with all that stuff. And, and sales and marketing has done a great job of, 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 of stimulating our appetite for things and getting us to spend money, haven't they? Want. And then there's that word all. All I want for Christmas. As, as though when we say that, we, if we could have that singular thing, that super basketball player, whatever, that singular toy, that singular gift, if we could just have that, that's all I would ever want. I never need anything else. Also encapsulated in that, that word all, it, it, it's the, the connotation and the indication that we feel like if we could have one singular thing, it would make us fulfilled or complete. We would have all we need to make us fulfilled or complete without one single thing. And this dynamic seems to be accentuated at Christmas time as we fill out wish lists or try to fulfill wish lists of others uh, that we love. It seems like that want, that, that all I want is so accentuated at Christmas. They've written songs about it. They've, they've um, you know, they, they, they sing about it and all those things. And so as the season sweeps us up and rushes us along in its inevitable tide, we, we find that in all of the pursuing, all of the obtaining, all the desiring of the returns of the season and, season and the wish list and all of those things that we can become distracted from having an authentic experience with the God of Christmas. Before we know it, Christmas will come and go and we'll be left just as, we, just as unfulfilled as we were before. And so that's why this year I'm saying I don't want a special 
gift for Christmas. I'm not seeking a special experience for Christmas. Not seeking a feeling that will come and go with the season. But this year, all I want for Christmas is an experience with the God of Christmas. This year for Christmas, I want God with me, God in me, working His plan, letting His presence guide me. A personal encounter with the God of Christmas that will last forever. Amen. Amen. In this beautiful passage today, Luke gives us an incredible account and a beautiful description of that very first Christmas through the eyes of the shepherds. And we can glean here today uh, from their experience what, ex- what it would be like to experience a true Christmas. Earlier in, the, in Luke's narrative, he tells us that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, a vir- young virgin girl named Mary, and she conceived in her womb a baby that would be named Jesus Christ. I want you to consider with me today the state of the world at that time, the time that, that Mary was uh, expecting the Christ child. Like, just like now, like, like our day today, it was a time of war and oppression. It was a time of strife and sickness, of poverty and even genocide. There was, there was so much that had gone wrong with the world and so little that seemed right. And on top of all of that, the Roman government decided it would be a good time to conduct a census and require everyone worldwide to go back to their uh, city of birth and register as part of that census. And so against this backdrop during this time, Joseph, compelled as he was along with everyone else to participate, had to travel, taking with him Mary, his espoused wife being great with child, traveling to Bethlehem. And no doubt, Joseph thought it was a senseless census. No doubt he thought it was a ridiculous thing to have to do, especially for someone in Mary's state. And then when they arrived at Bethlehem, they found that the city was packed. It was busting at the seams with people, travelers that were all there for the same purpose. And for that reason, they could not find a place to stay. Mary, sensing that the time of delivery was drawing nigh, figured no doubt that they had to improvise the best they could, so they found a stable. And there among the hay and the animals in a barn, barely enough to keep out the chill of the night air, Jesus Christ was born of Mary. Wrapping him in swaddling clothes, laying him in that manger, against all odds, at a time when The world was not even paying attention, not even expecting such an event to happen. I I don't know that it even drew that much attention other than for those, for Mary and Joseph and maybe one or two others that may have happened to be there. I don't know how much attention the birth of Jesus really drew that day. But I do know this, according to Luke's account, that the news was so big in heaven that it was like a host of angels just could not keep the birth of Jesus Christ to themselves. So they formed a heavenly choir and wrote a song to sing to a group of shepherds keeping watch over their flocks on the outskirts of town. And Luke records that suddenly, with no prior warning or indication that anything special was about to happen, the night sky was lit up by angels who began singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
In a time of war and oppression, peace had arrived. In a time of poverty and sickness, the message was of goodwill. And it was a special message that they brought of good tidings and of great joy that was for everyone. Because someone had been born. And it wasn't just anyone. It was the Savior, Jesus Christ, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. And in that moment, the hinges of history began to turn. B.C. became A.D. Humanity's dream for salvation suddenly became a reality. The hopes and fears of all the years were met in that singular moment. In short, it was the moment when God came to earth, Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. And that is Christmas. When those shepherds walked into the stable and took that first look at the baby Jesus lying in that manger... They had Christmas in a way that no one else on earth at that time had Christmas. An encounter with the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Seeing God face to face. And that, my friends, is Christmas. That's what I want for Christmas. To experience the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Christmas is not a feeling that only comes once a year. It's not a presence under the tree, and it's not the events that we attend to celebrate the season. Christmas is the message that unto us is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And if that message is working in my life, I have all I need for Christmas. All I want for Christmas is Christmas. So what do you get when you get Christmas for Christmas? What do you get when you get Christmas for Christmas? Well, you get peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You get healing. The Bible says he comes with healing in his wings. You get fulfillment. He brings life more abundantly. You get life. The Bible says Jesus declared, I am the resurrection and the life. And more than any of those, you get salvation. He shall save his people from their sins. Christmas is all of these things because Jesus is all of these things. And so today, as we, as we step into the Christmas season in earnest today, it's coming now just a week away or so. We'll be celebrating and walking into Christmas and all of the things it has to offer. You don't have to spend another Christmas searching for a perfect gift. You can have Jesus. And this is a gift that will not leave you unfulfilled or wanting more when Christmas is over. This is a gift that will last all year long and in the years to come. Because Jesus is the one that can truly satisfy your soul. So this Christmas, let's have Christmas. What do you say? Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Amen. I'm going to invite the praise team to come back. They're going to lead us in uh, another Christmas song before we're dismissed. But as they do, the early Native Americans had a very unique practice in training young braves. On the night before or the night of a boy's 13th birthday, after learning hunting and fishing and scouting, 
and all the skills it takes to be a young, brave, that young man was put to a final test. He was placed in a dense forest to spend the entire night alone. Until then, he had never been away from the tribe. He'd never been outside of his family. He'd always had that security around him. But this night, he would spend the night uh, alone. They would blindfold the young man and take him several miles into a dense forest. When he removed the blindfold, he would, he would see the thick woods, and he would see that he was surrounded. It was the dead of night, and he was absolutely terrified. Every sound that the, that the forest had to make, every snapping of a twig, every rustling of the breeze, any, any sound in the, uh, you know, of leaves shaking, and all those things would terrify him, and his imagination would begin to roam, and he would begin to, to think that, that he was in imminent danger, not knowing what lurked out there in the dark of the forest. After what seemed like an eternity, dawn would break and the first rays of sunlight would enter into the interior of the forest. And looking around, the boy would see the forest illuminated. He would see the flowers, the trees, the outline of a path. And then, to his utter astonishment, he would see in that morning light just a few yards away the figure of a man standing, bow and arrow ready, guarding over that young man. It was the boy's father, who unbeknownst to him had been there all night long, protecting him, keeping watch over him, should anything go wrong. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas means God is with us. So today, if you're at a place in life where it just seems like it's dark and you can't see anything or see anyone around you, if you're in a place where it just seems like you can't move forward, you don't know what's on the horizon for next year, I want you to know that the message of Christmas is that God is with you. You're not alone. You don't have to take the next step alone. You don't, have to, you don't have to go into the next year alone. You don't have to go in tomorrow alone. God is with us when his presence is in our life. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. And I want you to know, young or old, whoever you are that's here today, the presence of God, the presence of the God of Christmas is available to you today. If you've never repented of your sins, all you have to do is say, God, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm tired of living life my way. I want to live life your way. He'll wash those sins away. You can be baptized in his name. And then the beautiful thing is, is when he fills you with his presence, it's not just God with us, it's God in us. And he will take you into the future that he has for you. I'm thankful today for the message of Christmas. I'm thankful today that God came, wrapped himself in flesh, and dwelled among us. And that is all. I want for Christmas today. Is that how you feel today? God bless you today. Let, before we're dismissed, let's sing together. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the God who is Christmas today. Can we do that? God bless you, Grace Church. Let's worship the Lord today. Thank you.
Thank you. 